I'm Elka DeWitt, I'm the founder of 34.4, a natural skincare company, and over the past few years since we've launched, I've realised that a lot of skin issues are the result of both psychological things, environmental things, and how people are taking care of their health. That's in terms of food, exercise, etc. Hi, I'm Joel Bennett, and I'm a trauma therapist and psychologist working at Harley Street in London. I've got 15 years working in mental health, and I'm really interested in looking at how human beings hold trauma within their bodies and are affected by cultural world events and how this affects the trauma. Hello, <laughs> welcome back. Well, we haven't met for a, f uh, a few months now because um, COVID yeah. happened. The world has changed since last time we met. So we're, we're sitting in a room now, um, far apart, uh, with masks on. <laughs> so excuse the sound if we're a bit muffled. And we're looking very sinister, but it's good that you can't see us right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we decided today, uh, didn't we, Joel, that we're going to talk about uh, statues, how we feel about them, mm. and um, really open up the discussion as to what we think actually needs to be talked about. Yeah, and I think we're, you know, we're talking about our, our opinions and positions on this from a non-expert viewpoint, but the need for us to discuss these issues that are globally affecting the world at the moment and these monuments standing for a key part of that transition. I mean, I, I for one, uh, when the when Colston was thrown into the harbour at Bristol, felt that it was the beginning of a new era. Yeah, yeah. Part of me felt very excited by it. You know, I could feel the energy of the of the riots and the uplifting of this oppression that's been there, and and this raising of awareness of how uh, I guess prejudice has been there for a long time with that necessarily being aware of it you know how these statues were representing something uh, in our culture for a long time well i think also when you actually make a statue of someone uh, the expression springs to mind that you set it in stone mm. you set that opinion of who that is in stone you 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 mark that person as being important by putting effectively uh, a physical representation of that person into the middle of the people. Yeah, it makes me think of the immortalization of that figure, you know, that it's gonna last for eons. And it makes me think of the, the pyramids of Giza and the, the monuments of the pharaohs and kings and their beliefs about living, living forever. And are these monuments that we have in society unmoving, you know, symbols of what was. Well, well, in a way, a symbol of what was, but if you put it there, then it is also what is. Yeah, yes. That, that is it, what I have a problem with, is mm -hmm. that people's perception of other people can change, even when they're alive, but if you set them in stone for a certain thing that they've done, or like in Colston's uh, case, uh, for the philanthropy that he mm. did in, in Bristol, 
Um, you're putting them because you think you're putting them there because you think that is great. But what you're also not really mentioning is how were they capable of being philanthropic with what money and how did they make that money? Yeah. So you're forgetting about the the origin of their generosity. They he could not have been generous if it wasn't at the expense of the slave trade. And yeah. that is a fact. Yeah, it's it's kind of almost glorifying progress through through suffering, isn't it? Through yes. the the uh, annexing and uh, subjugation of different cultures and nations. And and how now, hopefully we're in the world where that's really recognised and uh, but clearly not, and that, I'm really glad that that's come to more to our awareness recently. Yeah. Well, I think also that's opened up uh, people reassessing a whole uh, load of other statues around the country. Yeah. Um, and to me, it also awakens uh, something that I've often thought about, which is that it becomes the statue becomes the cultural inheritance. So people will be really attached to it because it's always been in that square and it's part of our culture. But I think people also use the word culture like that mm. to keep people's thinking in certain parameters. Oh, we can't do that because it's not in our culture or it's against our culture. Whereas actually culture also can always change. Yeah. What we may think now is something that our culture does is not something that was done 200 years ago. Yeah. So we are always in a flexible state of what we call culture. Um, and I think we should remain flexible also about who our, for want of a better word, icons are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who do we idolise? It's yeah. the pinnacle of that uh, social scientific thought in, in that era of this time. Uh, and allowing that to change, I think, is really important. And what do our how do our communities feel about that because they change too the people living in london and bristol one of the parts of the uk in the world uh that no longer represents them that figure you know uh so there's a conversation needed about the art that we have or the, the, the ideologies that we represent does that really stand for the people anymore yeah and what do we do about that well how do you feel about in, for example, if nowadays we uh, put up a statue of a person that was still alive, for example, I mean, do you think mm. we should put up statues at all to people? I think a statue, I mean, from a, I'm thinking of this from a psychological perspective, that we are in a way glorifying uh, the light aspects of that person or how they've contributed in some way but we're denying the the shadowy stuff right we're we're putting someone literally on a pedestal uh, and when you're on a pedestal you can only really come off a pedestal which is what's happening and so it, it really needs to be a true representation of who that person is if that makes sense uh, rather than that splitting of glorifying somebody uh, and and recognizing that maybe uh, they shouldn't be glorified you know but, are we, but by the mere uh, fact that we are humans, every single one of us will have done great things, but also have done things that aren't so great. Mm. 
So, and if you put up a statue, you're not going to write on that statue. They were great philanthropists, but they also were really horrible to their mother or something <laughs> else along those lines. So I, I, I propose that any new statue should be art, mm. not people. Mm. Um, and you, you also, there, is also, there are also very subjective opinions about art, um, so not everybody will like the same kind of art, but it, at least it would, first of all, support the idea that art is for everybody, and um, it would also support artists whose jobs, I think, are as important as other people's jobs, whether it's a doctor or a, or a, a professor of science or whatever mm. it is. I think that everybody contributes to society and art really is, is what creates um, vision and happiness and um, makes you question the world or, or enjoy something. So I think if we were to commission art as opposed to um, setting in stone our ideas of people, what, what do you think about that? Well, it's making me think of um, you know, the, the idea of great works of art and historically how that really is about transcending, uh, both including the struggles of humanity and then transcending it, the kind of a hope that you see within that. And, uh, and whether that art represents more of a grander uh, story of humanity rather than a specific time, specific person, specific value. Uh, and if that could be created, I think that'd be great, you know. Yeah. That it's, it's a pinnacle of a community rather than a, a, a symbol of oppression or inequality. Uh, and I don't know what that looks like, and I'm, I'm, but I'm curious about the idea, you know, how, how would the community have a say and what the art is? Well, I think you have lots of options. So you could you could either you could have projects that either uh, specific community ethnic groups decide, or specific interest groups. Um, so, uh, or or in the community, for example, if you've got a, um, I mean, I let's say a homeless organization so it's homeless people that decide what they like and they mm. they um, have have a panel where they decide um, and people would submit their work um, I mean I th the interesting thing about that is is that you you have you open up the opportunity for a lot of discussion amongst a lot of different groups and people would become more involved with what goes on. Mm rather than a small group of people deciding that this person warrants having a statue. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, I mean, I, I can't imagine that the community at large decided that Col there would be a, a statue of Colston up in Bristol. Mm. I mean, that would have been a very small number of people. Yeah, absolutely. No, I like your idea of it being uh, specific to members of the community that speaks to the the tribe of the community let's say um and I, I guess my one concern was whether that is a is a kind of um peace offering to that community without any form of social support 
to that community as well, if that makes sense. So it really standing for uh, inclusion um, rather than the symbol of, oh, we've got the statue, so we really support this community, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes. Um, so yeah, maybe it needs to be tied into social reform, into ongoing community discussions. Um, and maybe even, you know, every couple of years that community going, does this stand, still stand for our values? Does it need to change? Do we need another artist to commission something different? You know, so it's, it's not set in stone. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, really, I think that statues of people uh, are a very subjective statement uh, as to what is greatness. Yeah. This person is great. And it is completely subjective. They may have done great things that some people think were great, but other people may think those things weren't great at all. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, I've got a couple of examples here. Uh, uh, people like Cromwell are also being called into question. So somebody who was, um, who was a great military man, supposedly, um, but was responsible for massacres in Ireland. Mm. Or Nelson, um, who was a naval hero, uh, but uh, according to Afna Hirsch in a 2017 article, um, was called, he, he, without his hesitation, that he was a white supremacist. Mm. And yet yeah. we've still got Nelson's column. Yeah, yeah. So they're continually with, there. Yeah. yeah, with just, just the name. So okay yes you can google nowadays and look it up etc but by the mere fact that that statue is immovable and still there we are acknowledging this kind of greatness yeah yeah and what it stands for isn't it, it at the heart of our city centers and uh, of london um and it's also i guess it ties into education and and true stories true representations because I remember when I was in history in school and I really enjoyed it, but it's about, you know, on which side of history, who's the person writing it? What's the story that really represents that, that version from who's, whose perspective? Um, and so all these examples are firstly men, white men, uh, which represents a time, hopefully we're moving past that kind of uh, white supremacist patriarchal view. Um, but are also views of colonialism and uh, conquering countries. So yeah, there's a, there's a real need to change our perspective. Really. Well, as, as a woman, I, I also feel that we are grossly under, underrepresented yeah. in the statue department. I think, yeah. you know, it must be less than 1% mm. of those statues are women. And I find that when I look at them, I mean, particularly people who are militaristic, I can't find it in my heart to find anything good about the statue whatsoever. Yeah. Because um, at heart I'm a pacifist, and I look at that and I think we are, um, we are praising, actually, war. Mm. Yeah. And, it, and it's quite disconnected from actually the real community, because I remember growing up in, in Wales and they, I, I can't remember who this was but there's a statue in the town square and it does have a cone on its head <laughs> that people would stick on it and uh, draw a big smile on its face and a pigeon would be sat on it but it'd just be kind of a similar mockery almost actually rather than anything that we felt connected to 
the fact that I don't even know the name of that person speaks to that. Uh, so again, I'm really glad that attention is coming to these statues because it's making me more aware of my relationship with my history and what what ideals, what ideology do I stand for? You know. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, it's bringing to mind now that also when uh, the Berlin Wall fell, mm. um, a lot of statues came down in East Berlin and mm. in East Germany, of course. Yeah. So um, that is very, very symbolic of a change of thinking. Yeah. And um, I mean, there are still a lot of political problems there, but it, but it is possible to change how you think about things, um, mm. whether that's political or or um, cultural or whatever you want to put the label on. It, surely the whole thing about being human is that you are capable of change and yeah. um, capable of flexibility of thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm just thinking back to our very first podcast, we're talking about dealing with difficult emotions and anger being one of them. Um, you know, so we're seeing a lot of anger in the world, but actually it feels important anger. It feels like a, uh, a just anger that it that hasn't had a voice before. So the the you know, toppling of the Berlin Wall and now these statues is a symbol of uh, the energy to change, the energy needed to transform a society. Uh, yeah, so it's like, how do you transmutate the anger into something of creativity, something that, uh, of compassion, I guess? Well, I think it also it depends. I mean, we're, you and I are talking from very privileged yeah. positions where uh, we... You know, we, we're fed, we're clothed, we're housed, we're very, very privileged. Um, but I've heard this on more than one occasion, for example, what's going on in Hong Kong, um, because I grew up there, and um, people saying, well, what are these young people doing uh, vandalising bits of Hong Kong? And um, to my mind, if I was living in Hong Kong, if I was in that age group, mm. and I saw no future in terms of studying, in terms of being able to have the freedom of expression and politics and um, freedom of the judicial system, etc., 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 my anger would be on a level that their anger is on. And I think yeah. it's, it's an enormous also position of, of privilege of older people um, looking at Hong Kong and saying, well, what are they doing? They're vandalizing buildings. It's, it's much, much more than that. Yeah. And I think that's what you're talking about, that expression of anger. There is only a certain amount that you can do within the confines of what your system is when your system is suppressing you. Yeah, absolutely. So the only option you really have is to, to become a lot more rowdy about your anger. And I think the symbolism of throwing Colston, the statue of Colston, into the sea, um, where he threw goodness knows how many thousands or hundreds of slaves into the mm. sea when they had died on these horrible um, journeys from um, being stolen from where they came from, um, the symbolism is quite appropriate. Yeah. And it might seem like vandalism and... and um, an expression of anger that other people uh, think is 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 
beyond what they find acceptable. I, I think beyond acceptable is stealing people from countries, making money out of them and then throwing them away when they're no longer uh, useful, i.e. dead. Yeah, hideous, really yeah. hideous. It is, it, it, and you're right, you know, and it's important to talk about privilege and that's a really big discussion around the world and, and something that I've been delving into a lot. Um, and I guess it comes into humility, isn't it, about really how to give space to people who need to express their anger and their pain without jumping in and having your own uh, privilege over it, if that makes sense. And so as you're saying with Hong Kong, there's something about um, other places in the world, it's the humility of offering uh, space. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering what's the greater suffering going on? What's the bigger story? Uh, and these conversations being aware of us, becoming more consciously aware of our biases, isn't it? And if we are a bit peeved off with somebody <laughs> protesting, why? Why is that? Why am I? Why am I peeved about that? What does it mean about me and my ideology? You know. Well, also, I think you know. What does it mean that I am uh, more anxious about property being damaged than about the actual freedom of people to express mm. themselves, be able to be educated freely? be able to govern without people telling you what you are allowed to govern or not, or, or being able to have a, a, a the right to a fair trial. And I, am, I would question why I would be more concerned about some property being damaged, which is replaceable and yeah. can be rebuilt or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, if people really wanted, if people were really upset about Colston and he should go back on his pedestal, um, then they could cast a new statue. I really, really hope that doesn't happen. But yeah. uh, it's not really the statue that it, that it, it, it it's about the bigger feeling of why that statue was was uh, taken and thrown away. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's you know maybe this is something about coronavirus as well is that we we've become locked in our homes and uh, more aware of our unconscious processes think where we uh, are confronting parts of ourselves that we don't maybe don't feel very comfortable with and then when there's uh, things going on in the world that threaten even more what we used how we used to live before then often our response to um, pain is to get disgruntled about it and push it away repress it uh, and yet what's happening now is not something we can ignore ignorance is not bliss yeah <laughs> in that sense you know uh, so it's how, yeah, how do we um, synthesise what's going on in the world and, and, and find some unity in it, you know, rather than separation? Well, I think, uh, I think that the, um, the Black Lives Matter movement is really at the very, very, very beginning. Yeah. Um, I mean, I genuinely hope uh, that uh, it will be the beginning of a much, much wider education. Yeah. Um, where that becomes part of dealing with what the past was rather than pretending that the past was great. Um, because I think that when you as a country don't deal with your extremely problematic past, um, which I think uh, Britain has, um, then also individuals don't deal with, with that either. Yeah. And I speak from experience um, 
having been subjected as a German to Hitler marches on, on the playground yeah. uh, throughout the time that I was in school in Britain. Um, so it, it, this is a, a kind of a, a victor over the people that were conquered. Mm. Um, and you know, I don't want to get into a whole discussion about Germany, but it, it is a, 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 a kind of one tiny part of the story yeah. without actually looking at the, the bigger picture. Absolutely. Uh, and to, to not deal with a, a past that includes uh, slavery on a horrendous level and colonization on a horrendous level and subjugation of people virtually all over the world, to not deal with that, actually I think it's a missed opportunity yeah. because it's a real opportunity to, uh, find, um, to find wholeness in society. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, thinking back to, again, our, our original conversations, for me this speaks to trauma, you know, historical ongoing trauma that we inherit for generations and generations and generations. Uh, and so we're an opportunity to acknowledge the deep wounds that we have in society and that we're ignoring, that we all unconsciously collude with on some level, uh, to really start to address that old stuff and not carry it anymore, you know. So I'm really grateful this is going on. I'm also really humbled and sad and angry and, and frozen sometimes, not knowing how to react, but it's, I'm glad I'm feeling about it because it means something shifting and changing within myself and the world, you know. And, and we're seeing it with trans rights, we're seeing it with LGBT communities, so many different communities around the world uh, and their rights being threatened. And I think it's really important we step back from ourselves and really see if we're coming from a place of love for our fellow humans or not, or am I looking out for myself? Well, I, I think this has been a great conversation mm. opener yeah. for us. Um, and long, long may these conversations last and that people really, really start to look at and question what is being held up as great to them. Yeah. And keep talking about it. Don't be afraid to mess up because I think it's, it's really important that we uh, educate ourselves. You know. Great. Thanks, Alka. Till next time. Bye, next John. Time. Bye.